Living Corporate is brought to you by the Liberated Love Notes podcast, part of the Living Corporate Network. The Liberated Love Notes podcast is a starting point for integrating self and community affirmations into your daily practices. The Liberated Love Notes podcast centers the experience of black folks existing in white systems and speaks to overcoming imposter syndrome, disrupting injected and internalized forms of oppression, embodying an abundance mindset, and building a healthy racial identity. Check out Liberated Love Notes podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, hosted by Brittany Janae Harris. Welcome, everybody, to The Access Point. Um, this is episode number three, and I'm really excited about this. Um, I got my co-host, Brandon, with me, um, and we have a very, Come very special... Everyone. Yeah, yeah. We have a very, very special guest um, on The Access Point today, Mark Reyna, um, and we'll we'll talk to Mark in just a second. But first, uh, if you are new to the Access Point, if you're new to the Living Corporate world, let me just tell you just a little bit about Living Corporate. Uh, Living Corporate is a writing and podcasting and media platform that's dedicated to exploring and celebrating underrepresented identities in corporate America. So basically, we celebrate black and brown people around here. Uh, our accomplishments, our struggles, um, the way that we're coming together to overcome those things, um, our, our brilliance, our intelligence, all of that. Um, and so Living Corporate is absolutely one of my favorite platforms on the internet, but obviously I'm biased um, because I am part of uh, co-hosting this show. Um, so I am happy that you are here with us. Um, and so Brandon, can you tell the folks that have not joined us before uh, about the access point? Uh, sure. The access point is for people like you, black and brown individuals that, that want to get ahead in your career. They're, this platform is geared more towards the college student and the early graduate who's getting started in their careers and really wants to know how to dig deep and get inside of the careers and really excel for it. And so we will have topics every Tuesday at 7 o'clock p.m. to really to with special guests and we will show you about personal branding of like the topic we have today about how to get your salary together, uh, finding mentors, things like that. So we just really want people to be engaged, ask questions and come, come visit us every, every Tuesday at seven o'clock. That's right. That's right. And today I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about today because I'm a, I'm a nut about personal branding. I like, if you know me, you know that you cannot have a conversation with me without uh, talking about personal branding. I'm always telling people like, yo, get on LinkedIn, get on Twitter, get on Instagram. And so I'm super excited to have uh, Mark here to lead us in some great discussion about personal branding. Um, Mark is going to introduce himself, but I just want to celebrate the fact that he and I went to the same university, Texas State <laughs> University, uh, right here. Uh, we were there at the same time. Um, so like we like we real um, uh, love together. Um, so, Mark, tell us tell us who you are. Like, what do you do? And, and why did like coming on the access point appeal to you? Yeah, for sure. So thanks for the introduction. And yeah. hey, what a small world to Bobcat. Right? Right. Um, so, you know, as Mike and Brandon were saying, you know, warm welcome. But my name is Mark Reyna and here to talk everything personal brand. Um, a little about me by day, I help organizations 
focused on what I consider the most important asset, their people. And by night and weekends, anytime in between, I'm founder and storyteller at Ingradivation, which you probably thought, what is that? Like, what? Um, I get that a lot. Um, but, you know, for me, I discovered my passion. It was helping people, helping people understand their brand. And then I took it a step further and I really wanted to help companies and organizations understand what is their employer brand, everything that's included. So we're looking at workplace culture. We're looking to make, make sure employees feel safe and welcome and feel like they belong. And are there opportunities for everyone in the organization across? And so when I look at, you know, what are the three words that make my brand and what fuels my passion? It's inspiration, it's gratitude, and it's motivation and gratification. I, I wish the story was cooler, but that's just how it came about. Um, but so most of my career, it's been within the HR umbrella, uh, heavy focus on talent acquisition. So when the opportunity came up to speak to recent grads or college students, it was kind of a no brainer for me, especially I know the work that living corporate does. So mm -hmm. I was, I was all in, it, it yeah. didn't even hesitate. Um, but it's always been important to me to amplify marginalized voices and really now more than ever. And it's important to speak up and it's important to be bold. So I've, I've been in your seat. The things that I wish I knew when I was in that seat is the reason I'm here today. And it's mm -hmm. to share my knowledge with you. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah, I love that. I love ingratification. I love that, man. Like that is that is awesome. Um, and so look, let, let's let's jump right in. Um, so before we get into some more like specific questions, I want to give you the floor, Mark, to tell uh, our, our audience, our listeners, um, anything you want about personal brand. So like if you have to sum up, like what is personal branding and why is it important? What would you say? So on my soapbox, I would say when, when you're looking at your personal brand, this is your career management. And so the one thing I'm going to say is different is better than better. And the reason I live by that is because what you're looking at when you're building your brand, it is to be bold and it's to be authentic. And so, you know, you don't want to have a brand that can be compared to anyone else. And so for me, that's why it's, you're gonna make it your own. There is no one all be all playbook. However, I hope today you leave with at least some tools to help get you started with building that brand. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that, I love that. Um, so I know I know Brandon has um, a question. So I wrote down something very great. It said, be bold and be authentic. And mm. I was like, wow, that really, because I, you think about branding, you also think about these companies, right? And they have, you know, a Coke product from a Pepsi product, from McDonald's to Burger King to Charmin to clothing, Polo, Nike. You know all the branding, right? So, and we need to apply that to um, to college graduates and to to early and to people that starting their careers early. So, my first question is for college students and early graduates getting started on their personal branding. How does the process work? How does some, how can someone be bold and be authentic? What social media platforms are the most effective to use in this day and age? Yeah, so good questions. And I feel like the best place to start too, it's 
it's going to be three questions. Um, and this is how you're going to want to start building your brand. And it's asking, where have you been? Where are you? And where do you want to go? So when I say, you know, where have you been? I'm not talking about that Rihanna song that I love <laughs> back when we used to be out in the club. No, <laughs> where have you been? This is going to be your opportunity for introspection. And that's whenever you're going to build that self-awareness. So this, I think, is the most critical step. Um, and the reason I say that is because only you know the journey you've been on. Those challenges and those obstacles that you've overcome, that's what's helped develop your superpowers. So whenever I say be bold and be authentic, this is really that foundation that you're building for your brain. And so then you look at, all right, where are you? So luckily today, most of the audience, it's going to be, you know, recent grads, soon to be grads. So you're looking at, you know, some professional experience, internship, some networking. <sighs> I never figured out the networking thing in college. I'll be the first one to admit it. Where, where is that 101 playbook? It, yeah, it doesn't exist. However, where you are, it really is the seat that you're in right now. So you know, you're starting your career and you're really going to be looking at how am I going to manage my career now? You know, what do people think of me? What is that perception? So then third, where do you want to go? And it, it truly is that. I mean, the sky is the limit. Whenever you're looking at this, it's what do you aspire to be? What, imagine that seat, imagine that corner office, imagine that team and that culture you're a part of. So this is what's going to help you actually grow and build that why statement. So and that order is typically what I would advise, you know, starting from where have you been, doing some introspection, diving into, all right, this is where I'm at right now. And then you can kind of look forward then and say, all right, this is what I want to do. And this is how I'm going to develop my brand. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Love that. Love it. So, so oh. where do you start? What, what platform? I mean, like, like I, I love the three questions. Um, you know, one of the one of the practical questions that a lot of people ask me is they're like, look, like, like, I don't have Twitter fingers or they're like, look, I don't know how to use LinkedIn. So, like, where is a good like what's a good platform for people to start if they're if they're afraid or if they're not knowledgeable? Like, where should they start? So building your brand, I and I, I do look at it as an interchangeable career management. LinkedIn is your playground. That is where you are going to build your brand. You are going to develop it. And honestly, I want to task everyone to become a LinkedIn super user. So yep. if you're not familiar with the tool, just like anything else, the more you're in it, you will become familiar. And that's where you're going to build your brand. And really, that is whenever you're going to start to engage with intention. And you're going to start you know, looking for mentors. Or you're going to start building your audience and looking at maybe industries or roles you aspire to be. Because then whenever you are comfortable with posting and sharing, you know, content about leadership, that's really going to be where people notice you. And that's why it's important to keep your brand there. Um, so then, of course, you can also say the opposite, like, what is, where should you avoid, um, you know, building your brand? Um, and I would say, you know, LinkedIn, if you're going to you know, develop yourself and pour into one, um, you know, one social media platform, which post-COVID, they grew like six times the amount of users they had before. So that means there's a lot of other working professionals and a lot of other companies investing in the tool right now too. So 
If you're looking for visibility, which that's what you need for your brand, LinkedIn is the place to be. And then I would just kind of pause every other social media um, with that focus for career management. Yeah. All of your other social media, I would say, keep that for you. That's that's your personal space. And then the perception and what you're going to share with the world, let's do it on LinkedIn. Dude, I, love I, it. I, love I love that. You know, especially because you know, there's a lot of people out there listening to people like Gary V. And look, I love Gary V, but he's got this thing called the 7921 rule or the 80-20 rule, which is like spend 80% of your time on one platform and then 20% everywhere else. And I actually found myself when I started my personal brand journey, I was like, I disagree with that. I got time for that. I got four kids. I got a full-time job. I don't have time for the 20% everywhere else. And so I did exactly what you said, Mark. I sunk my teeth in the LinkedIn and I was like, how big can I grow this in one year? And once I, if I can get over a certain amount of followers, then I'll go play with Twitter, right? Then I'll go, I'll go do something else. Um, so yeah, I love I love that you say that. Focus on one platform first, and that should definitely be LinkedIn. LinkedIn, especially for personal branding, definitely yeah. LinkedIn. If you don't have a LinkedIn after this episode, go create a LinkedIn page. Yeah, please. And the reason I wholeheartedly support that is because part of your brand is you want to build trust in your audience yep. and in your network, and so that's why just keeping your focus on one platform, you are going to successfully build that trust quicker than if you spread yourself too thin too. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I see people in the comments are like, please use a photo on LinkedIn. Yes. I don't trust anybody on LinkedIn without a photo. I ignore those uh, connection <laughs> requests. Absolutely. Um, I don't do it. Um, so, so we got a question. We have a couple questions uh, that, that our audience members have asked and I want to show them some love. Um, so first um, I, I, I'm going to get to, I think this is a question from Zach. Um, and I'm going to go there only because we are uh, on the subject of LinkedIn. Benita asked a phenomenal question and we're going to mm. get to it, but it's it's kind of going to sit on its own. Uh, so while we're still on the topic of LinkedIn, um, uh, uh, Reverend Zach Nunn, uh, he just asked, uh, what are the 101s to an effective LinkedIn profile? Which is a great question. So like, what, what would you say to that, Mark? So like I said, background in talent acquisition so recruiters will come to your page and they will spend three to five seconds as they're doing passive candidate searches. And the first thing they're gonna notice is your headline. Yes. So that's why whenever you get to building your why statement and you get to understanding, you know, what is that introspection? What are my three words? And you, you develop that why statement. Not only are you gonna share that in your headline, but I mean, you are gonna speak that into existence. Like you are gonna begin to coach people around you to know you and familiarize yourself with those three words. When I think of Mark, I think of inspiration, I think of gratitude, I think of motivation. And that's whenever you know you're getting your brain off the ground. Um, it's key to have a photo. I mean, I would say not having a photo, try to fix that quickly. Um, if you didn't notice from uh, my photos that were sent out, I'm not gonna be in a suit and tie. Um, it's just not who I am. However, you still want to make sure that the perception you're giving to people, it's related to the role and where you want to go. So at the same time, I'm not trying to be a financial accountant, but if you are, I bless you for doing numbers. Um, <laughs> but, but you do want to make sure that you have your photo, you've got your headline, and that you actually have some um, experience on that. 
Now, you don't need to go full job description and list every responsibility, but you want to have at least three to five core bullets of what you have successfully done and take this from your resume or, you know, you probably already can highlight and say, um, you know, the amazing things that you have accomplished. So definitely include that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, Brandon, would you add anything to that? What, what else would you add? Well, I was going to ask a question about, um, I know there's a feature, I can't remember the top of my head, but there's a feature on LinkedIn to where people could actually vouch for your um, your your success and what you've done. And, recommendations. Um, recommendations, there we go. So how would you ask, go about asking people for recommendations on, hey, I've, I've worked on this program, I have this certification, like he's done a great job, seen on, on everyone's LinkedIn page. So how can college grads or people that start early in the workforce get those recommendations from those from other individuals. So I this is not my original idea, but um, a friend, Heather Doolin, she runs People on Purpose. Yeah. And so she also focuses on you know personal branding and authenticity. And so I was having a conversation with her last week, and you know one thing that not only is she sharing with her clients, but she has created like this outline and developed a cosign. And so it's, you know, I work with you in this group project. I've, you know, maybe grown up next door to you and you, um, you know, helped, you know, I'm an older person and you helped mill mill on and I, I appreciate you and you like really take care of it. Like I can, I can speak on your character and I know the work that you produce. So anyone in that circle, what you want them to do is start to ask them today. I mean, Especially too, if this is your, you know, last year in college or if you just recently graduated, take an inventory of, you know, those projects and those teams that you worked on, people that can speak on the impact that you've made. And so just simply ask them, you know, can you vouch for the impact I've made? Can you vouch for, you know, the the character I have and the work ethic? Um, And that's what recommendation letters are. And oftentimes too, that's what recruiters are going to continue to look at. As they're skimming your profile, they want to see what do other people think of you. Um, so that, that's a really can this also be applied to any community service events that you've done over the years as well? Oh, definitely. So volunteering, community service, and it really is people that can speak on your character. Because at the end of the day, someone's landed on your page because you've already, you know, fit those requirements of, you know, we're looking for this role and you have this education and this background. So what they're going to be looking at is what are those differentiators? So how can I tell you apart from the other stack of candidates? And that's yeah. going to be, you know, these recommendations too. So I definitely would take advantage of that. Tool. You'll, you'll be surprised. Like I get, I get hits daily on LinkedIn about new job offers and new career opportunities because I stay active on LinkedIn because I keep my profile. Here's nothing to keep your profile active as well. Yeah. Stay on there often. Yeah. Talk to yeah. people. Yeah, network, things like this. So a few ways to make sure that you're populating in those early page searches is I would say weekly update your page and not necessarily changing it around. Something as simple as a period or a comma Mm -hmm. or moving some bullets around is going to show the LinkedIn algorithm that you're an active user and that you're continuing to look uh, for new opportunities. Granted, you have that button. There's an open for opportunities button. So you have that clicked if you simply you know once a week go in you know update your resume whatever it is you know big or small you're going to continue to be in those top searches and you'll be in those top pages so the people yep. that are going to be in page 20 and beyond probably haven't changed theirs often so 
definitely would say uh, keep that in mind. And also October is the busiest job posting month on LinkedIn. So perfect timing to be talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say you you mentioned the open to work feature and and this is a whole nother webinar, but you should always be open to work on LinkedIn. You have one thing in my, I'll always listen. You never know when, I mean, I have been in a situation where uh, I have had a job and somebody's reached out to me and they've let me design my own position and offer Right. So use LinkedIn. I'll say also uh, take what like really, really, if you are a college student, early career professional, take what you're hearing from Mark seriously. Mark is a, uh, it's actually, um, he's in a category of people on LinkedIn that not a lot of people know about less than 1% of uh, users on LinkedIn have more than 10,000 followers. Um, and, and Mark is one of those people. So definitely make sure you check out his page. Um, when you go to one of the things I'll recommend is like to follow and connect with people that are already doing well on the platform and literally just use them as a blueprint, right? You can do one of two things, hit them up and say, Hey, how are you doing what you're doing? Most all of them will, will share with you. Um, and the other thing is just to literally like look at the way, like study their page and use their page as inspiration. Follow Mark, follow me, follow Brandon. Um, there is a person who's one of the best people to follow for job seekers on LinkedIn. His name is John Marty. Um, John has a lot to say about recruiting, hiring. I'll put his name in the chat. Um, John is the person who you can reach out to and he will literally coach you like through how to how to build a LinkedIn Tim Salau is another one who's been on Living Corporate um, a couple of times. So so definitely, I would say take LinkedIn seriously because I, th- I think it's time for us to sort of move away from LinkedIn, but take it seriously. It's all, I think it's all of our favorite tool. Um, I'm obsessed with it. Sam, in, yeah. in the last bit, you'll, you'll find people too that have their name and then L-I-O-N, LinkedIn, open to networking. So that could even yeah. be a good starting point if you don't feel comfortable. Those people literally are saying, connect with me and yeah. you can you know follow their brand and, and look at that blueprint. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I want to get to Benita's question cause it's been out there for a while and I think it's a good time to, uh, sort of like shift gears back, back to building brand. Um, she said, how do you find your niche as you build your brand? Which is a question somebody literally just asked me today. How do you find your niche when you're building your brand? So, so one thing that you want to concentrate on, and I, I've said this a few times, was you know the perception, and there's there's so much power behind how others perceive you, and the reason that is important is because all of the most important decisions in your career will be made when you're not in the room. So when you're looking at promotions, when you're up for you know new opportunities for a pay raise you're not going to be the first one that's discussed with. And so that's why the perception and brand you leave behind, it's going to be key. So we don't have an hour to do the full exercise, but something that you can do really quickly and just take note is draw a square and then write, you know, the words or phrases that describe your behavior, your characteristics, you know, what you're good at, some of those superpowers. So all of those descriptive words, put it in a box. You're probably going to fill that box up. It's fine. So then in the second one, what you're going to do is draw in the square and then put a circle. In that circle, you're going to only pick three words, three words or phrases. 
And this is what you want people to know you for. So for example, if you know you're in you're looking to be in finance, like I said, praise you, but you want people to think that you're analytical. If you're in marketing, you want people to say that he is the most creative person I know. So if you're looking to go in HR, you want to be able to say he is the most, she is the most centric human person I know, like best at human design. That is how I know her to be. And that's the work she does. So as you go through that, you're going to then, you know, come up with some words that are authentic and true to you. And just because you start here doesn't mean it's the end all be all. Your brain will continue to evolve. So as long as you get started, that's what matters. Um, what I've also done is, you know, trying to develop, you know, what are these three words? How do people perceive me? Um, there, I've, I've had people that go straight to Facebook. They're like, I have the most friends and connections on Facebook. I'm going to ask them, describe me in one word. So what you're going to be looking is for like themes, and you're going to also be looking for words that might surprise you. So, you know, and then that's how you're also going to help try to build that story and create that narrative. Um, and then also, too, it goes back to once you've developed that statement and you know some of these words and phrases you want to center your brand around, you're going to then just coach people. Every opportunity you get on an interview or, you know, in a meeting or a call or maybe just lunch with a friend, you are going to speak those words into existence until people are just, you know, bleeding in the ears and they already know you are the most creative human-centered design, analytical <laughs> person. That is the goal. <laughs> right. And it won't happen overnight either, but um, once you get started, I typically look at my brand one to two times a year. So I'll look at it one to two times a year and really try to dive in. Does Is this still in line with where I want to go? Does this still, you know, true to what people, you know, perceive of me? So, um, yeah, don't be afraid to get started because it, it will continue to grow. Yeah, I, I think so, Mark, you just hit on a really important thing. Brand building is the long game. It's not it's not short term. It is the long game. It's how you maintain success over a long period of time. Go ahead, Brandon. What were you going to say? Well, there's a question in the chat I wanted to bring up as well, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we have a question from Peyton. Peyton asks, if you do not have directly rate related internship or experience to the career path you want to take, how can you leverage your brand to make those experiences relevant? Great question. So really good question. And you're probably, you, you might have noticed this and not realized that a lot of companies now have completely shifted to what are the requirements for this role? And that's probably, you know, the counter effect of people saying college is too expensive or, you know, I'm not going to go, um, you know, to this hybrid learning. But um, what's the most important, especially if you don't already have, you know, these internships, you still have the skills to tell your story. So transferable skills is exactly what I'm talking about. So transferable skills, we all have these since we were growing up in kindergarten and learned to communicate. And then we were in high school and learned how to you know work on teams and then in college and beyond. And we learned these analytical and thinking skills. And so Whenever you're looking at these occupations, you can tell your story through transferable skills. And so oftentimes people think that they have to have these jobs and then, you know, what were the three or five impacts that you've made? Well, if you're looking at a role, if you're coming fresh out of college, 
not everyone's going to expect you to have all of the skills, um, you know, all of the requirements. You're not going to check all of those boxes. But if you can tell a story that shows I am the best problem solving um, communicator and I've worked five years in a restaurant as a server. And this is that's how it. that translates. That's my that's literally my go to one right there. <laughs> I worked and I did school. I'm flexible. There we go. Right there. <laughs> and then a lot of times, too, uh, I've had a job since I was 15 and you know, always try to develop that work ethic. And so it's, you know, whenever I was applying my first job in HR internship, I had no HR experience. However, when I look at HR, it's a people role, it's a people industry. I've got plenty of experience in that. And so that's whenever you can actually be creative because I think what you'll understand and, and what you'll see is as you, as you develop your brand and remember different is better than better. Um, your resume should not look like everyone else's. It right. shouldn't be one page, black and white, Times New Roman, bottom 10. Like, you wanna be able to share uh, who you are. I, I always say you need to ID your CV, bring it to life, and that's exactly how you'll do it, through transferable skills. Yeah, yeah, I love that, love that. Great answer, great answer. Um, yeah, a couple of things. One one thing I'll say is uh, the, the, the other thing I believe about personal branding that a whole lot of people don't necessarily believe but I think if you if you get good at what Mark is saying, if you get good at storytelling, telling your career story, I, I can almost bet you that the better you get at that, the less you'll actually have to use your resume to get a job, right? Like I, I have not used a resume to get a job in over six years, right? Because people come to me without the resume and they're like, yo, like, let's, let's get it going. Like, you know, so so the better you get at this, the less the less you will have to use your resume, but still it is important to have a really good resume, <laughs> right? So we've got to listen to Tristan's career tips, right? Like, get, you know, plug in Tristan's career tips, but, but figure out, like figure out how to have that resume in your back pocket. You need to be prepared at all times. Um, so before we get to this next question, I just want to uh, like, look, throw out this plug. Like, I think this chat is so important. Mark is dropping some major gems. So hit up your friends, tell them to get their butts over here and get on this webinar. I just texted my brother and was like, get on this webinar. And he is here. He just asked a question. So shout out to my brother, Caleb, um, who's also a Texas State University student. All right. Um, <laughs> um, which I'll say another interesting point that you mentioned earlier, Mark, is about like the network from college. And I don't know about you, but I don't feel like I left Texas State with like a real network. Like it it didn't feel the same as like a Stanford. It didn't feel the same as like a lot of HBC. Like Wait, I just talked what? to somebody from, yep, I'm telling you, I just, <sighs> the most important people in my network right now, I, I met through LinkedIn, all of them. Right? Wait, like, wait, wait, wait. So, so, so how did you go... Because I'm my story is completely different. Like all the network I have came from Prairie View. So I know how, how did you and plus because I'm, I know people that know this is where with me. Like I know people that know people, right? So I may know the popular person, the popular person hangs out with me, and then I know their inner circle, and that's how I become friends with them. So that's how my branding so everyone knows me as BG Lane. And I met my he's Refers to me as BGY because Zach knew me as BGY. I know yeah. Zach because Zach is the one he knew my best friend, and that's how the whole network started. So, <laughs> but you're saying that 
you've left college and college is, is one place where you're supposed to learn and groom yourself how to brand yourself as well because those four or five years that you're there, you're, trying, you're learning yourself, but you're also learning your craft and your career. So how did you leave Texas State without like branding? That's what, that's the, that blows well, my I, mind. I don't think I left without a brand. Like, Well, I, I know, I, not, not a brand, but branding. Well, no, I'm just saying, I, I don't think the university, like, and and Mark, Mark, you can speak to this too. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know that Texas State does a great job of creating a strong alumni network, right? Like, there, there are the 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 there's the like the different alumni chapters, right? Like, there's a Houston chapter, there's an Austin chapter, but we don't like a lot of other schools have, I think, much stronger alumni presence, right? Like, I mm-hmm. talk to a lot of people from Stanford, right? I like I just talked to a guy from Hampton and like this Hampton Howard rivalry, like in like oh, people, yeah. you know, like, yeah, like I grew up, um, a lot of people in my family went to PV. So it didn't matter like where you, like if you saw somebody wearing a Prairie View t-shirt in like the grocery store. You stop like, and speak, say hi, exactly. introduce yourself and yeah. come to homecoming. We'll take good care of you. That's how it always works. You pass exactly. it down. Yeah, right. like Benita's in the chat. Benita's like, yo, I'm a Hampton graduate, right? Like, so I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I have a group of friends that I still talk to, but I, my most important resources just have, they, they have, they have not come from Texas State, right? Um, I feel like it's rare that I meet somebody from my university that's like Mark, right? Like, that's why when Mark was, yesterday we were talking to him, he's like, I went to Texas State. I was like, what? Yo, like, there's nobody like I, nobody. So I don't. What do you think about that, Mark? Like, you feel the same? No, I, it's. I feel it's the same, and I feel like whenever you're gonna look at like the different colleges' experiences or like those different journeys, like similar to you, I found that the network I have now is you know a hundred times bigger than it was in college, and I think it has to do with being able to find like your sense of community. And so, you know, whether you're in college and you're kind of, you know, still deciding, you know, what are you going to do with like this career track? You're really not going to be networking and intentionally networking with people that, you know, are in your classes. If you're still figuring out, maybe I hate accounting and I keep coming back to numbers. Um, But I think too, like, you know, it's kind of still trying to understand what is the career path that I want to go on. Um, And so what I would say is like, recently, you know, I've joined a lot of Slack communities. And so Slack, what you can do is, you know, actually join people that are, you know, maybe in the same industry, have the same, you know, kind of, you know, Mm. interest in thought leadership or content, or, you know, just wanting to kind of shake things up. And, you know, I'm looking to move into a different industry. Like you can find people on Slack, on Meetup, where you can build your network. And the thing is, is you want to network with people to absorb their network because what you're going to do is you're going to exchange and you're going to share those contacts and you are going to lean on one another so did i have that coming out of texas state no i left with a group of friends (laughs) where they're all doing very different things and so what i found success is linkedin and slack and meetup and and just really understanding this is the community that i know you know would support me and i would support them kind of like we're doing right now and really what living corporate does as well. So I feel like this is also a platform where you would continue to network and build your community here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, I'll also say we went to a university that um, 
that was known as a party school and was trying to shake that reputation. So that may also play into why people are not so like forthcoming with like, yeah, I went to Texas State because you still get people that are like, oh, you went to that school. <laughs> school. And we're yeah. like, actually, it's a very good school. We have a great teacher. <laughs> like, like, like we have all of these great programs. Like we have the number one communication program in the country, graduate or undergrad. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey, it, it's like I said, it's the Harvard on the river. That's, that's, that's right. what I heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I want to get to this question. Uh, this is a great question uh, from Caleb. Shout out to Caleb. That's my brother, uh, my younger brother, um, who is at Texas State and about to graduate soon. So this is timely for him. He, 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 he says, what would you suggest for somebody who has multiple interests and aspirations? Wow, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so hey. how, oh, I'm sorry, go. Well, no, I was gonna say, well, you, if you have multiple aspirations, for me, you need to find your, I wouldn't say favorite, but the one you feel most passionate about, because that's the one you're gonna put the most time, effort, energy into. Hmm. If you, if you dilly dabble in, in too many things, like a jack is all jack of all trades, master of none. So if you dilly dabble in this in this aspiration and this aspiration, you're spreading yourself thin and you're wasting time. One thing precious that we can never get back is time. So if you're going in too many things at one time, you can never master that particular craft. You want to master branding, you have to get on LinkedIn and post and post and post and talk to people. Master that, then venture out into the different what's to me, once you Gain a task and get um, wants to become second nature to you. That's when you can branch out to other areas that you feel passionate about and focus on that. So, how, I, how do you feel about that, Mark? I I completely agree, and I literally speaking from experience. I was in school, changed my major. I, I went in with biochemistry, focused on <laughs> med school, and went all around the circle and ends up with political science. And what right. I what I say to people wow. is the reason I kind of went from, you know, uh, you know, science to then marketing, communication, and then ended up in poli sci, um, I was searching for what what really came intrinsically and like naturally to me. And that mm. was writing and that was doing research and that was kind of putting my own conclusions and thoughts together. And so that's why for me, it felt right. So when I hear you say, you know, you've got, you know, a variety of aspirations, you know, maybe narrow it down. What are like some of those top aspirations, those top, you know, three aspirations, like start there. So that way you can at least give yourself some direction and then understand, you know, this is, you know, the brain I'm going to start to develop because this is where I want to go. When I started my career, it was, you know, I had an HR internship. I worked at the Federal Reserve. It was, you know, temporary. So after that, I'm like, let me see what this poli sci stuff was about. I mean, I just still paying a lot of money for it. So let me just figure it out. And what I what I realized is, you know, I went in um, and I started working in like uh, global immigration and like U.S. immigration specifically, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it. It was great knowledge. However, I learned one, no way am I going to law school, and two. I really feel grateful. Like I feel so happy whenever I'm able to help a family that, you know, is here, you know, has this amazing, you know, education background and help them, you know, in their family get this visa and work at this company that, 
you know, they've worked really hard and poured into it's that feeling of like just him calling you and feeling grateful. Like it, there's nothing better than that. And for me, that's when I knew I needed to work in the people space. And so I think as you go through and try to figure out what are those top aspirations now, what job am I going to have in those experiences? as you start to live them out, you will really narrow down those aspirations and you'll be able to hone in, you know, more closely if that's the direction you're going to go. Um, And totally speaking from experience. So I don't, I don't think you're in a bad place because you're on this call right now. So. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. And you know, the the, the other thing I'll add to that is like, don't feel the pressure to have it all figured out because nobody does. Right. Um, and like, like, th- I mean, this, yes, this is the answer to Caleb's question, but he hears me say this all the time. Like, like you, you don't have to have it figured out. I changed my major six times in college. Like, y'all, I was a business major for one day. I went to business <laughs> calculus. I'm not kidding. I went to business calculus and that professor put that syllabus on that, on that PowerPoint screen. And I said, what? Close that laptop. I said, ma'am, I, I, I won't be back. And I went and changed my major. I changed. I was graphic design. I was I was like uh, com, like a mass comm. Like I did. I changed my major six times and I ended up graduating with two degrees in four years. So like you, you like you, look, you don't have to have it all figured out. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do in college. And the thing I'll say is that most people really are about like three to five things. Um, the, the story that I want to want to sort of leave this question with is there's a guy named John Henry. Um, John Henry is a real estate investor, and that's what he wants to be known for. But he did a lot of stuff in the last six months to a year. He was one of the founders of um, what's becoming like one of the hottest black venture capital funds in the country, which is called Harlem Capital. So he found he. he He's one of the co-founders of Harlem Capital. He had a television show on Vice called The Hustle, where he's coaching entrepreneurs, right? Oh, like, that's, okay. Yeah, like one of the okay. highest grossing products ever on Shark Tank was on that show, and he coached them before they went on Shark Tank, right? It's this <laughs> very weird product called Fur. Um, but but you know, like so he has all these successes in all these other arenas, and then you saw that he left Harlem Capital, and you're like, whoa, what's going on? And then the the show is not. It's not that the show is not being renewed. He left the show. You're like, wait a minute. And he kind of like disappeared on social for a little bit because he changed his interest. He wanted to be known for real estate investing. So he switched his brand to that because he had been doing them all right. Like he'd been posting content about all of those because now his focus is, look, I want to make the hood rich, not trying to be hood rich. I want to make the hood rich. I want to get my mom and my dad up out of their job. Right. That's what he's about now. He's still coaching entrepreneurs and like, but he's filtering it through his the, the new brand that he wants to present. And and you know, one of the interesting things he said, he said, I lost followers because people were like, Yo, I wanted the show back. Yo, I wanted you to be in Harlem Capital. He's like, but that's all right. Cause there's there's seven billion people on earth and I could get more followers. <laughs> you know, it's like it's not about followers, it's about doing what you're passionate about. Um, so great question, Caleb. Great answer, uh, Brandon and Mark. Uh, where can they find you, Mark? Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn and also ingratovation.com. So always available, you know, LinkedIn, shoot me a message. I'm one of those people that I can't leave my messages unread, you know. So if you're reaching out, if you're looking for advice or, you know, wanting to ask any questions about, you know, what we discussed today, how can you learn about your superpowers? What are some exercises how can you, you know, learn to build your why statement? Uh, shoot it my way. I am completely available. 
uh, and I'd, I'd love to help. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so there, there's a question I want to hit before we, before we close out. Um, okay. And I, okay. I think this is a really important question. Um, like so we live in this digital world now and, and there are a ton of people online all the time. And I actually get a lot of questions from people as I coach them. And as they talk to me, they say, well, what if somebody said something that, that I've said, or what if I'm trying to say something that's already been said? So what's the one thing you would tell people before we sign off? How do we distinguish ourselves? How do we stand out in such a big digital world? I would say, I mean, whenever you're going to start producing content, which I encourage you, as you're building your brand, what is going to help pump, you know, and fuel that um, that brand to go beyond, you know, your network and, and go into other people's networks of your connections? Um, it needs to be authentic. And whenever you're looking at what you're posting, do not compare yourself to how many likes someone has, because we all know likes doesn't mean anything. It comes down to views. So how can you get more views of the content that you're pushing? So I, I would describe being a thought leader, which anybody can be a thought leader. It's being disruptive. It's having an original idea and it's sharing it in your own words and genuinely from how you feel, you know, whether it's new technology, whether it's, you know, people interacting, whether it's looking at, you know, what other people in your network are doing. I would say be true to yourself, be bold and have fun with it. Because one thing we just covered is your brain will evolve in six months from now, you want to just redirect and follow a new aspiration. That is completely fine. And that audience, they are going to grow and they are going to follow you. You will find your tribe. It's just you have to be confident in yourself and be willing to put yourself out there. It can, it can feel terrifying whenever you hit post, but I promise it will get easier. So that's also one thing I had to learn is just, just hit post and then go on to the next idea. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Just hit post. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Like, Look, personal branding doesn't have to be perfect. It's just your personal brand. You're not you're not branding for a company. So you I just put as much content out there as you can. Like I said this on the first uh episode of the access point, and people were like, What? I was like, get on LinkedIn and post at least three times a day. That's like it. I'm serious, like post at 9 a.m., post at 12, and then post at four. four. That's it. And I guarantee you. And some, sometimes what you can do is in, in, in the early days, like I used to post at nine, 10 o'clock at night because I knew the big dogs on LinkedIn, they were asleep. And so people would read my stuff. <laughs> so I was like, I was trying to get people to, to engage with me. So I was like, let me. And as a result, I have this, this very interesting audience and friend group from other countries, from, from Israel and from, from Indonesia and for like all these people. And I'm like, oh, because I was posting at 10, 11 at night, right? <laughs> you know, oh, so so do not be afraid to post. Mark said it. You heard it here first. Don't, first, don't be afraid to post. Don't. Hit that post button. Mm -hmm. And then I think too, whenever you look to track your growth, um, I would, one thing that I did was I looked back and took inventory and I was like, over the last 12 mm -hmm. months, who was engaging in my content? And, you know, mm -hmm. the content that I had the most comments or engagement, what was it? And, you know, what I discovered is, as much as, you know, I would repost what I would call like maybe like some level C content of your brand. So mm -hmm. level C is kind of like it's right here and it's global. Maybe you're going to post a quote of the rock. Everyone's going to like that. 
And then if you're looking at like this B-level content, you go up this stepladder and it's related to your brand. However, it's showing you living your brand. So if it's, you know, a picture of me at this volunteer event, or if it's, you know, a picture of, you know, it's more personal. And so then whenever you get onto this A-level content, that's where it's purely thought leadership. And you're really going to want to stick to your brand and be consistent with those messages. So when I looked back over the 12 months, it was that B-level content where my audience was engaging the most. So then I had to figure out how can I stay in this lane, but still continue to, you know, disrupt and provide, you know, original, authentic ideas. So I would say, look back, give yourself three or six months, look at, you know, what engagement's been successful. And then, you know, do you want to continue to go down that road or do you want to pivot and, you know, follow your audience? So it's really up to you whenever you're looking at your brand, but there's ways to measure the growth and then to redirect. So that way you're doing it based off of the data and you're also sticking true to yourself, which I think is number one. Yeah. Yeah. Love yeah. Actually, I, I want to ask one more question before we go. That's related to what you said. <laughs> you talked about not being afraid to post. Um, I think people are afraid that like audiences will like that they'll get hate. Right. And I like my, my personal brand is, is built on challenging the education system. I have a podcast that is called school sucks. Um, I hated school growing up. I work in a school. Right. Um, and so like e- almost every day I'm telling people like, what you doing is wrong right um so i actually get a lot of hate from people so uh thank you um so uh what what's one thing that uh that you do or like what what should a person do when they experience negative reactions or hate on on the internet um i mean it's gonna be out there they're they're called trolls for a reason so i would say if that doesn't describe how to just brush them off, um, one thing that I'm really passionate about is empathy. And so whenever mm-hmm. I understand, you know, I look at someone that's sending hate and I tell myself, you know, it's because they just don't understand my you know, perspective. They don't have experiences with anyone that looks like me, thinks like me. And you know what? I feel sorry for that person because I hit post. I'm happy with it. It's not going anywhere. and that's their problem. So that's kind of just my approach to it. Um, but you know what, you will develop and build your audience that appreciates and values what you have to share. So just yeah. trust in that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what, Mark, thank you so much for coming. I feel like you were dropping yes. gems all over the place, man. Yes, <laughs> I actually have notes written down right now. Yeah. To, to go <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much. Really appreciate you. Everybody that was watching, really appreciate you watching. We really appreciate your engagement. Um, thank you for being here for another episode of the Access Point. If you want to connect with Mark, connect with him on LinkedIn. Mark Reyna. He Make is the prof- most popular Mark Reyna on LinkedIn. <laughs> Make your profile, put your picture on there, start posting. That's right. That's right. All right, guys. So we're going to go have a good night. Uh, we will see y'all on the next one. Thank you. Thank you.